Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. First Samuel chapter number one, it is Mother's Day, and we're going to read a portion of Scripture in just a moment. We'll stand together in just a moment, but I want to ask you a question. What is political correctness? May I just say this? Political correctness has corrupted every sacred thing in our society. Our schools and our churches, even our homes. Today, one of the least respected roles uh, uh, in our society is that uh, where a mother relishes that title of mother um, versus putting her career over being that of a mother. At the heart of political correctness is the idea that some self-appointed political elites will determine what may or may not be advocated. Uh, How language may be used today. We're told what you can and cannot say. And which ideas are welcome and which ideas are not welcome. These elites, they reject the absolutes of what we refer to as the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. They, in fact, reject the notion of objective truth. Instead, today's society, they substitute their version of what they call truth. And by the way, it's subject to change without notice. I'm thankful this morning that right here at Tucson Baptist Church, we believe in the objective truth of the Word of God. And may that always be a defining description of our church. But in the world of political correctness, individuals are not to be judged according to that which they have done before God and other individuals. Rather, they're to be judged by what positions they take with regard to some artificially constructed group. For instance, these liberal elites of today, they attempt to speak for all women. And they allegedly speak for women's rights and women's issues. And the arrogance of the self-appointed tyrannical liberals actually permits them to suggest that when they make a pronouncement that, that they are the only voice for real women. And anyone who dissents, they have actually betrayed womanhood. What are we to do? I say this morning, praise God for mothers who honor their call to duty. I'm thankful for the mothers here who who have taken this role of being a mom, and they do it with honor. Um, and we visit this morning a portion of Scripture in First Samuel chapter number 1 as we address the, those who are and have been or desire to be mothers. And hey guys, I want you to listen up this morning because I think we could all benefit maybe more from the message than the mothers that I'm speaking to. You'll understand in just a moment. Now, I have preached uh, uh, from this passage before, and specifically, I actually preached on, uh, on Hannah on Mother's Day back in 2017. But uh, this morning, I'd like to look at this passage in an out-of-box sort of way. So let's stand together as we read a few verses together here in 1 Samuel chapter number 1, and we're reminded again of the story of a lady named Hannah. We're going to drop down to verse number 5, pick that up, and, uh, and read uh, through this passage of Scripture. I'll go ahead and read the Scripture this morning. But unto Hannah, he gave a, por- a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord 
had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her and therefore she wept and she did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. She prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. Verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall uh, no razor come upon his head. Father, thank you for our mothers. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to the men and women, to our members, our regular attenders, to those who are visiting Father, I pray that you will be honored and glorified above all else. And Father, may mothers be appreciated. And may we, as we have opportunity at the end to um, remember in a memorial sort of way uh, those who have gone on before. So Father, I pray that you will bless every aspect of this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Those who are watching by live stream, good morning to you. There is a tremendous crowd here, and I am so grateful for all of those who are here today on this Mother's Day. And I see many who are visiting, and Pastor Howard's already recognized some of those. I thank you for being here. In this 21st century, we must not allow Hollywood, the leftists, and liberal media, the prophets of political correctness, and other enemies of Christ, and the Bible uh, to redefine our values in the biblical family. I'm thankful that here today we have a lot of biblical families. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful for the mothers of Tucson Baptist Church. And I want to share with you what I call the the call of duty, uh, and I'm going to share five call of duty requirements for mothers in 2021. And dads, you need to pay attention too because you need to help uh, your wife in these areas. And moms, I trust this will be encouraging to you. It will be a challenge to you. And some of you who may just say, I'm tired of everything that's going on and you're ready to throw in the towel. Don't do it. Let's listen to these five requirements. Call of duty number one this morning is 2021 mothers must Go beyond. They must go beyond. Um, status quo is, is no longer acceptable. We understand that we are living in some difficult times today. F.M. Balfour said this, The best thing to give to your enemy is forgiveness. To a friend, your heart. To your child, a good example. To yourself, respect. To all men, Charity. 21st century mothers, unlike any before them, they find themselves in a pressure cooker environment. Um, demands on their time and their energies are beyond comprehensions. Automobiles and radio, TV, the internet, children, careers, the culture in general make demands on today's mothers like no generation in the past. And all of this requires stronger and more spiritual mothers than we've ever had. A husband came home and I, he foolishly asked his wife this question. 
What have you been doing today? He told his wife that he did not understand uh, uh, what she does all day. He, he even told her in, in, the, in, in the course of this conversation, he said, you don't even have a real job. It was the wrong thing to say. And it was such an ignorant thing to say. So she went about writing down all the things that she did as a 21st century Christian mother. And she said, you sit down. And she pulled out her paper and she said this, I am the following. I am a baby feeder, changer, bather, rocker, burper, hugger. I listen to crying and fussing and thousands of questions. I am the picker-upper of food and debris cast on the floor. I am the problem solver. I am the determiner of action and the one who gives those talks to whoever needs them. I'm the phone messenger, reminder of responsibilities, the comforter, the encourager, the counselor. I'm the hygienist. I'm the linguistics expert for two-year-old dialects. I'm the trainer of babysitters, listener for the husband as well as the children about their day, their needs, their concerns, their aspirations. I'm the teacher of everything from how to chew food to how to drive a car. I'm the assistant on school projects. I collect bugs, build paper volcanoes. I, I am the questioner, prober to promote thinking. I'm the censor of TV, movies, books. I'm the homework helper. I'm the reader of thousands of children's books over and over and over again. I'm the planner. I am the hostess of children's birthday parties. I'm the planner and hostess of adult dinner parties for friends and relatives and travelers and strangers and for groups of up to 100 at our home. I'm the short order cook for those meals after the family's dinners that budding athletes depend on. I am the room and, and board provider for someone in need and sometimes for a night, sometimes forever it seems. I'm central control uh, for keeping the appliance fixed or the carpet shampooed. I'm the executioner of ants, roaches, scorpions, and other pests. I'm the resident historian in charge of photo albums, baby books, and school record books. I'm on book 58 right now. I'm the resident encyclopedia source for all those hard questions that seem to arise. I'm the officer of the day on call for any emergency at home or away. I'm the defroster of the freezer. I am the food preservation expert, family secretary, confirmer of dinner reservations, travel accommodations. I'm the corresponder to the sick, the celebrating, or the generous. I'm the archivist for everything that must be kept. I'm the keeper and locator of birth certificates and other valuable documents. I'm the ironer of wrinkles. I'm the keeper and copier of tax forms, the preparer besides. I'm the appointment desk for the family's visit to the doctor, the dentist, the orthodontist, the barber, and the mechanic. I'm getting tired. I'm the seeker of God, one who prays. I'm the fitness expert. I'm the front desk to keep track of each family member's daily itinerary. I'm the cleaner of the oven, the drawers, the closets, the garage, the curtains, the bedding, the windows, even the walls. I'm the waxer of the car. I'm the refinisher of the furniture. I'm the hubby's, uh, I'm the hubby's romantic, attentive spouse. I'm the enjoyer of those moments when nothing is happening, no one is calling, nothing demands attention. Those rare, rare moments. I'm the emergency medical technician and the ambulance driver. What else do I do? Well, among many other things, I also do the following. I clip 10 fingernails, 10 toenails for each child regularly. I return library books, choose gifts, purchase gifts, wrap gifts for birthdays, Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day, wedding showers, baby showers, anniversaries, and any other event that might even remotely require a gift. For me, that is at least 175, year, 175 gifts a year to find. 
I am the one who mails packages, buys stamps, drops off the dry cleaning, pick up the dry cleaning, get tennis racks, restrung, have pictures frame, haul everything that needs to repair, attend recitals, attend every school sporting event imaginable. I chauffeur everyone around. I cover for my sick kid on his 4 a.m. paper route. I comb little girls' hairdos. I replace every battery and everything that ticks, whirls, and beeps. I help in the classroom, become a mandatory volunteer for every fundraiser drive. I participate in most co school committees and boards, and I attend school PTA meetings and conferences. I act as a room mother, making things, organizing more parties, chaperone field trips, and special events. I coordinate carpools. It makes men shudder. I serve as a scout leader, a bluebird uh, leader, an Awana leader, a Sunday school teacher. I purchase most things for the family and the home. I keep relationships healthy with friends and every member on both sides of the family. I deliver forgotten lunches, forgotten homework, forgotten athletic gear. I attend church, Bible studies, committee meetings, showers, weddings, choir practices, board meetings, potlucks, neighborhood gatherings, just to stay active and informed. I return everything everyone buys and then decides he doesn't like, doesn't need, or doesn't want. I save lives, sometimes figuratively and sometimes literally. <sighs> Could we stop and thank our mothers for all that they do on this Mother's Day? In light of the few things that a mother does, I think on this Mother's Day that there ought to be a great appreciation. Uh, ladies, can you say amen to that? Do you agree with all of that? Amen. All right. What does an incredible Christian mother do all day? All this and so much more. So, dear husband, I don't think it would be wise for you to come home someday and ask your precious wife, what have you done today? Or even declare that heavenly vocation of mothering is not a real job. Uh, you deserve whatever happens to you after asking that question. I said that... Uh, Mothers must go beyond. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and he saith unto the disciples, You sit here while I go and I pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tear ye here and watch with me. And then the Bible says this little phrase, And he went. A little further. He fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Mothers, notice that Jesus, he even modeled that. He went a little further. Uh, you cannot give up or cave in to pressure. Jesus went a little further in everything he, he was, did, and promised. His preexistence, his virgin birth, uh, uh, his, his sinless life, his humanity, his wisdom. Even at the age of 12, he confounded the doctors. He went beyond in his deity, in his substitutionary death, in his glorious resurrection, his ascension, in his priestly ministry, in his future kingdom, in his rapture, and his rewards for his followers. And moms, you may be tired today. Please remember how valuable you are and go beyond. Go a little further. Call of duty number two is I think you already have it there. Somebody's ahead of me today. You didn't hear anything I just said. You were busy writing. Call of duty number two, 2021 mothers must go beyond in their personal relationship with Christ. How important it is that we have a relationship with Christ. Most true believers know about him and they have had some warm and meaningful times in his presence. But they do not have a deep, personal, 
and consistent relationship with Christ. Moms, you do a lot. And I'm thankful for all that you do. But busy moms must discipline themselves into serious Bible and prayer time with the Lord, meaningful prayer time, a profound fellowship with Christ, and um, a devotion to reading some good books and helps. This kind of relationship with Christ means uh, a little time for television and movies and other uh, waste of precious time necessary for fellowship with Christ and spiritual growth. Moms, your personal relationship with Christ is of paramount importance. Call of Duty number three. 2021 mothers must go beyond and they must embrace their special calling. Embrace their special calling. Uh, to, uh, God allowed you to have a child or children. And in doing so, he gave you a very urgent responsibility. And that is for a period of time. The world says 18, but I believe a true mom understands that, that there is really no age there. You're always a mom. Amen? And as a mother, you have a very special calling, and you need to embrace that. There's a portion of Scripture here in Mark chapter 1. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. The story goes on to say, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Notice this little phrase in verse 19. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship uh, with the hired servants, and they went after him. And here were some disciples that were fishermen. That was their calling. That was their uh, trade. And Jesus meets them, and he changes their calling, and they embrace that calling. They left dad in the boat, and they followed Jesus. That's how they embraced their calling. They left dad in the service. They left dad uh, uh, to tend to the nets because Jesus had called them to do something very special. Moms, God has allowed you to do something very special. I think you should embrace that. What another great example in Scripture where, uh, to follow, where the disciples embraced their special calling to follow Christ in his earthly ministry. And there are so many who have gone beyond the call of duty uh, to make this ministry what it is today. And I was thinking this past week, I think of the dozens of mothers and grandmothers now on the other side who once staffed our Sunday school program, our vacation Bible school, who filled our choir seats and they reared their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and who helped make this church what it is today. Someone asked me recently, uh, uh, Pastor, how many funerals have you conducted since becoming a pastor? And I'd say the answer is too many, but it's over 150. Um, I do lament the loss of so many great and godly women who are now in heaven who touched the lives of so many right here, even in Tucson Baptist Church. In your notes, there's a lengthy quote by Oswald Chambers. I'd like to read this to you and for you to follow along in your notes there. A river touches places of which its source knows nothing. 
And Jesus says, if we have received of his fullness, however small the visible measure of our lives, out of us will flow the rivers that will bless the uttermost parts of the earth. We have nothing to do with the outflow. This is the work of God that ye believe. God rarely allows a soul to see how great a, a blessing he is. A river is persistently victorious. It overcomes all barriers. For a while it goes steadily on its course, then it comes to an obstacle, and for a while it is balked. But it soon makes a pathway around the obstacle. Or a river will drop out of sight for miles and presently emerge again broader and grander than ever. You can see God using some lives, but into your life an obstacle has come and you do not seem to be of any use. Keep paying attention to the source and God will take you either around the obstacle or remove it. The river of the Spirit of God overcomes all obstacles. Never get your eyes on the obstacle or on the difficulty. The obstacle is a matter of indifference to the river which will flow steadily through you if you remember to keep right at the source. Moms, embrace your calling. Have that personal relationship with Christ. Call of duty number four is 2020. Uh, 2021 mothers must go beyond in dealing with their limitations. Must go beyond in dealing with their limitations. Age cannot be allowed to be a limitation. Physical problems must be overcome. Emotional limitations must also be dealt with. Um, we, we, moms, we cannot say, I cannot forgive. I cannot tolerate some people because of and whatever that blank is. I cannot forget what he or she did to me. Godly mothers must move beyond those obstacles that we just read about. Do not look for an excuse to excuse your tremendous role and responsibility to be a mother. Do not hide from that most important role. Do not put career over being the greatest mother in the world. Oh, people today are mere numbers in many workplaces. You could be gone tomorrow and replaced by Wednesday. But moms, you'll always be a mom. And you need to embrace that calling. And even though there are limitations in life, it cannot be a limitation when it comes to your mothering. Call of duty number five is 2021 mothers must go beyond even if it involves suffering. 2021 mothers must go beyond even if it involves suffering or discomfort. Peter wrote that Christians or Christian mothers can expect certain things from this godless world. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 19, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, as a busybody in another men's matter. Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And, it is, and if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? 
Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And you say, well, how would I suffer as a mother? Remember, political correctness says that your career is more important than being a mother. Political correctness says the woman's uh, lib organization and movement is more important than you being a mother. Some are called to suffer as a ministry. And may I just say that sometimes there's chastisement, there's humility, and there's instruction. But all of this is designed to conform us to that personal relationship that we are to have with Christ. So learn to suffer sufficiently. Learn to suffer joyfully. Learn to suffer in his uh, uh, fellowship. Learn to appropriate the power of Christ in the midst of your discomfort comfort or your suffering. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient uh, uh, for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Hannah Whitehall Smith said this, No action can touch us except with the Father's knowledge and by His permission. By the time it reaches us, it has become God's will for us and must be accepted as directly from His hands. President George Washington said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. There was a cartoon in the Saturday Evening Post. It showed a young boy, about five or six years old, talking on the telephone. He was saying this, Mama's in the hospital. The twins and Roxy and Billy and Sally and the dog and me and Dad are all home alone. <laughs> That's what it should be. Some of you have to ask someone else beside you if you didn't get that. On a special Mother's Day, a minister gave this perfect tribute. He said, my mother practices what I preach. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln said, all that I have ever become, I owe to my angel mother. Thomas Edison said, it was at a critical time in my life that my mother believed in me, and because of her faith in me, I became a great inventor. Napoleon said, give France good mothers, and France will bear good sons. Dwight Eisenhower, he got mad often. He, had a, he was known to have a short fuse. And once when growing up, his brothers and sisters were about to go somewhere, but he couldn't go. And he went into a fit of rage and he went out and began to punch a tree with both fists until they both were bloodied. His father came in and disciplined him, sent him to his room. Oh, just a short time later, his mother came in with some cream for his bruised and bloodied hands. She began to bind them up and began to tell him and teach him about controlling his feelings and having some self-control. Uh, Eisenhower said this, or wrote this, Of all the peace treaties in which I have participated, none compared to that which my mother and I enjoyed when she loved me so much that day. Moms, you have such an awesome responsibility. Once Eisenhower's, once Eisenhower's mother was waiting in a certain place to meet her son, the President of the United States. Reporters spotted Mrs. Eisenhower and they went around her and, and uh, they were asking her questions. And one reporter said, don't you feel great about your illustrious son? And she said, which one? I found this article, Things My Mother Taught Me. 
One, mind your manners and always write thank you notes. Two, brush or comb your hair. Three, your appearance matters. Four, never marry a man in order to change him. Stand up straight, clean your fingernails. Eat everything on your plate and remember the starving children in the world. Speak up, don't mumble. If you ask for something, you may get it. If you don't ask, you will not get it. Keep your mouth shut and your ears open. Oh, I forgot to mention this article was written in 1895. Still true today. There's a story that was told, came out of World War II. In 1942, there was a young soldier by the name of Elgin Staples. He was swept off the Astoria in the Battle of Savo Island in World War II. He was wounded in both legs. He was kept afloat by a narrow life belt. Finally, he was rescued by a passing destroyer, and he closely examined the life belt, which saved his life. He saw it had been manufactured by Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. He also noticed that it had a registration number. When he returned to his home, he asked his mom, who worked for Firestone, the, the purpose of that number that was on these life uh, belts. She said the company insisted that every inspector be personally responsible for the quality of the belt that might save a life. And having memorized the number, he quoted it to his mother. It was his own mother's personal code number. Her personal diligence saved the life of her son. May I just say, mothers today must build life belts of faith and love which may one day save their own children. Moms, buying your children's love will not work long term. Investing in your children will forever make a difference. I would like to transition and show you a very short video. It's only a one-minute video, but I would like to use it as a transition point for how we're going to end our service this morning. So with that in mind, if we could have our short video. To all the moms. Moms of children who are still at home or all grown up. Moms who've outlived a son or daughter. Or moms of babies they never got to hold. Moms who've raised kids all on their own or became a mom to someone who needed one. Moms of children who have wandered from God, or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you into the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. And I say Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. I would like to do something a little different during our closing. Uh, if you've been to church any length of time, you know that we have a, a, an invitation or an in, a time where we can take the message and, and make a decision. I'd like to do something a little different this morning and, and hopefully it will be meaningful to all. So often, Mother's Day is hard 
for a mother whose mother's already passed on. Or Or Mother's Day is hard for you've already buried one of your children, either through a miscarriage or or you've outlived one of your children and you've had to bury one of your own children. I would like for us to have a memorial for those who have gone on before. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite Erin to come and she's going to play the piano. And, and we're, we're going to have an opportunity for those to, the, who have moms already passed on or you have had to actually um, say goodbye to one of your children. We have two chairs up here where... In a, we're, we're going to create a, a baby cry room. We're going to honor all of our mothers in the future. And uh, we would like to take a, take a couple of new chairs and, and uh, put them in as a memorial for those who have already had to bury one of their children or one whose mother's already gone on before. And so in just a moment, we're just going to have a time, a sweet time as we, as we uh, sit and we uh, uh, we observe these ladies who will come by, they'll take a flower and they'll just place it on the seat of that one. The seat represents um, those who have gone on before. We just like for you, if you want to say a little prayer and then put the flower in the seat or um, have a private time, you can do that. And uh, we just ask the ladies to come from the sides, pick up their flower and just uh, put it in the seat. And, and, and this is not to make anyone feel uncomfortable. We've actually filtered this through several ladies who have either had a miscarriage or they've had to, to bury one of their children. And they're a little bit older. Mom's already gone on. And all of them said, um, what, what a sweet way to remember our lost loved one. And so, so I'm, I'm going to have a word of prayer. And then I'm going to just ask all the ladies uh, who would be willing to, to just come by. It's a sweet time. You're mom's already gone on, uh, or maybe you've had to bury a child, that you could uh, just come by, pick one of the flowers, say a word, have a memory there, sweet time by yourself, place it in. And uh, if you would like for your uh, uh, husband to come with you, that would be fine if that would help make it easier. We're not trying to, we're just trying to have a memorial, a sweet memorial, remembering those um, who have gone on before us. And so I'm going to pray, and then as soon as I pray, Aaron's going to just play the piano softly, and as she does that, we would like to invite you to come by, and and certainly uh, if you're older and you would like for someone to walk with you, that's totally fine. But let's have a sweet time here where we can come by and just, uh, I deliberately finished early so that we could have this as a memorial, and then ultimately we will have two new chairs representing these two groups of people in our new baby cry room. 